Everyone needs a pastor. A visit to the pastor's study brings biblically faithful pastoral ministry to you and pastoral ministry from those with proven experience in Christian service. Our time together will be lively, sometimes controversial, always useful, and never dull. Welcome to the study of Pastor Bill Shishko. And this is Pastor Bill Shishko here with you. As always, it's great to have you with us for another visit to the pastor's study. Autism is a neurodevelopmental disorder that's, well, it's frankly shrouded in mystery. It's another painful reminder that we're fallen people, born into a fallen world that teems with abnormalities. Currently, over 25 million people in the United States and about 1% of the population worldwide have been diagnosed as having some form of autism, more technically known as autism spectrum disorder. Typically, Autism is present from early childhood. It's detected in a boy or girl's second or third year of life. Symptoms vary from moderate to severe. Children with autism have difficulty in communication, and for that reason in part, they have a hard time forming relationships with others. Social skills are a challenge to children with autism. They make less eye contact. They have great difficulty entering into the lives of others. They have difficulty with abstract concepts. They repeat and repeat and sometimes repeat again certain words and actions. And while children with autism may have unique strengths and abilities in certain areas, their interests are usually very restricted. Long term, those with autism have difficulty making and keeping relationships, maintaining a job, and performing common daily tasks. What causes autistic behavior? Well, medical science isn't sure. Genetics appear to play a role. Adults with autism appear to be more likely to have children with autism. Are there environmental factors that at least contribute to autism? Well, the verdict of the world of science is, as of now, inconclusive. Again, autism is mysterious. It appears that in those with autism, information is processed differently in the brain. Uh, there's some kind of breakdown in the communication system within the brain's extensive web of nerve cells and between the individual cells known as neurons. Doctors aren't sure why or how this happens, but what is sure, at least for now, is that there is no known cure. The diagnosis that a child has autism spectrum disorder doesn't come by standard medical tests, but only by a careful assessment of the child's developmental and behavioral history. Rarely is medication helpful for children with autism treatment. And I, I find this most significant, as I try to look at this from a Christian perspective. Treatment must be individualized to the specific condition of the child with autism. There is simply no one-size-fits-all treatment. And when parents receive the diagnosis that their child has autism, uh, their shock, dismay, fear, and sorrow. It feels like the death of your hope and your dream, wrote a couple of medical doctors after they received the news that they had a child with autism. But to the Christian, the life-altering news that your child has autism or that you have multiple children with autism is absolutely not the death of your hopes and dreams as a parent. The Bible, the Word of God, 
speaks of parenting and education that's tailored to a child's unique needs. When it says in Proverbs 22.6, literally translated, train up a child according to his or her own way. And when the child is old, he or she will not depart from it. And his or her own way may include the ways that are fostered or affected by autism. When Jesus was asked about a child who was blind from birth, another disordered condition that's a side effect of living in a fallen, abnormal world, Jesus deflected the question of his disciples by saying, who sinned, as they asked, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born this way? And Jesus deflected that question by saying that in a special way, the works of God would be displayed in him. Parents in every age, including parents of children with autism, should take comfort in seeing a plan of God for their children that's far higher than their own hopes and their own dreams. And when the Apostle Paul faced a condition that challenged and vexed him, his plea that the Lord might remove it was answered by a promise that assures all parents of children with autism and that assures their child or children as well, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness, in the Word of God, in the promises of God, and in the grace of God in Jesus Christ. There are treasures of help and hope for children with autism and also for their parents. Now remember that the Lord uses people to help dig out those treasures and to make them available to enrich others. And the best ones to mine those treasures are Christians who have children with autism who work hard to understand the condition through the lens of the Word of God and who develop their parenting of their children with autism under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, whose ministry included bringing blessing upon the children of those who brought their children to him in faith, something we should all be doing as parents. Well, Christina Miller is just such a person the daughter of a Christian pastor who helped her from her youth to think through every issue from the perspective of the Word of God. Christina and her husband, Matt, are parents of one daughter with autism, Felicia, and another daughter, Addie, who has sensory processing disorder, something similar to autism, but limited to issues with respect to how the brain processes sensory stimuli. And I don't know of anyone who's done more thinking about how to understand autism and related conditions, how to effectively teach and discipline children affected by these conditions, and how to persevere in parenting children with autism and related conditions without giving up out of discouragement and out of despair. And Christina Miller works at this as a Christian committed to the whole counsel of God given in Scripture, something we just commonly call the Reformed faith. So you've already guessed, I'm sure, that our topic for today's visit to the pastor's study is autism, helping children and their parents. I've been absolutely fascinated by my talks with Christina and by her rich insights into working with children with autism, and I am absolutely confident that you will be too. That's why Christina Miller is our guest on today's visit to the pastor's study. Now remember, the program invites and encourages you to call in with your questions. It's your way of visiting the pastor's study by way of telephone or text. Here's our live call-in number. I hope you'll jot it down, 631 955 
800-259-5400. Live call-in number. That'll put you on the program, 631-955-5400. But you can also text your questions at this special number. Put it under Pastor Bill, and that number is 516-367-0391. That'll get your texted questions to us. We're finding a lot of people prefer texted questions, 516-367-0391. But for now... Christina Miller, busy mother of Felicia and Addie, and wife of Matt as well. Welcome to A Visit to the Pastor's Study. Great to have you with us. Great to be here. Ah, let's start talking about a little bit of autobiography so people get to know you a little bit more. How did you and your husband determine that you had a child with autism? Um, It was a gradual process. Uh, there were some red flags as early as her infancy that I remember saying to Matt, we need to keep an eye on that. That seems a little off. But in spite of this, um, she was meeting all her milestones early on, albeit at the later end of what they consider to be the normal range, but she was meeting them. By her second birthday, we were beginning to see some actual delays. For example, she couldn't use a fork to eat her food or drink from a regular cup. And while her vocabulary and understanding was incredibly advanced, all her words were slurred together as if she couldn't get her mouth to form the words properly. Um, So we asked the pediatrician and she put in a request for an evaluation by early intervention. And they came to our house. Now, how old was Addie at this point? Addie was... Or, I'm sorry, this, this, this is was Felicia. Felicia. How old was Felicia, Felicia at this point? Felicia was just turning two. Yeah, which is about the time people can begin to see these patterns, right? Yes. Okay. All yes. Right. So, right about then, um, we had a series of people come to the house, a child psychologist, okay. a speech pathologist, to do evaluations. Mm-hmm. Of her. Um, and at that point, no one was thinking autism. But they were seeing some of these little pieces of the autism puzzle. So they recognized that she had um, sensory motor delays, right. um, speech delays, uh, low muscle tone, things like that. So she began to receive speech therapy, occupational therapy, and physical therapy at age two. Now, again, there, there had not been the diagnosis of autism. At not this yet. Point. Okay. Not yet. Right. So um, it wasn't until she was four and she entered pre-K and she was in a classroom with 18 kids and a much bigger and busier environment than she had ever been in previously, that we began to see um, some of her social difficulties. Felicia has always been very friendly and outgoing and affectionate. Many kids with autism aren't. So that was the thing that made it not as apparent to yeah, us. Yeah, that puzzle piece, so does, you, you've yes. mentioned that with autism, uh, the, the jigsaw puzzle is kind of your metaphor, and that piece right. didn't seem to fit. That piece didn't seem to fit. But once she was four and in a pre-K classroom, we began to see social difficulties. For example, she would go up to kids in her class that she wanted to play with, and instead of saying hi, she would bark at them because she oh. really liked dogs. Okay. okay. 
There's the fixation on something. She, right. Yes, she was fixated on dogs at that age, and um, she would just bark at people or answer questions by barking, right. things like that. She also was very lost in her daily routines in the classroom. She would, you know, go into the closet to hang up her coat and never come out because she would get fixated on, you know, the way that the screw looked right. on the sure. hook or something yeah. like that, and she would never come out. Right. Yeah, um, I think it's interesting that the autism, you know, comes from the Greek word for self, autos. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, it's simplified, but they're, they're people who are kind of into themselves and their own world in many ways, right? Yes. Okay. Um, not in a way so much of selfishness, yeah. just sort of lost in their own yeah, mind. Sure, okay. Yeah. Right, and of course, mm -hmm. there we're getting the issue of sensory perception. So anyway, right. so, so she's in school. The diagnosis had still not come. The of diagnosis had still not come. Um, in February of her pre-K year, we took her to see a pediatric neurologist because at that point, um, we knew that in order for the school to give her the services that she needed, that she needed an official okay. diagnosis. Um, and like I said, those other symptoms had started to present themselves. Sure. So okay. we took it to the next step, and we took her to a pediatric neurologist, and that's when she was diagnosed as level one autism spectrum disorder. Now, how did you and your husband respond when you get this diagnosis, you have a child with autism? So it was interesting because I think we were different from a lot of parents in that we actually went to the neurologist hoping for an autism diagnosis, which sounds terrible, but like I said, we had had her already in the system. We knew she had these problems, and we knew the diagnosis was key to getting her the help. Now you wanted the definition of what this was so you could begin to work with it. Right, and okay. also legally it opened up doors for her to receive the interventions that okay. she needed, with or without the diagnosis, she needed these interventions, and having the diagnosis would provide that for her. Um, so I went into it really, really prepared and almost feeling more nervous that she wouldn't get the diagnosis. Okay. However, when the doctor told me those words, she has autism spectrum disorder, in spite of all the inner preparation that I had, I felt like somebody punched me in the gut. Yeah. That's common to read the types of responses that people have. I mean, I mean it's, yes. it's, I, 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 maybe I shouldn't make the court. It's almost like getting a diagnosis of cancer. It is in a way. Um, yeah, it, it is in a way because you don't know at that moment the reality. I think the reality that... I didn't know if she was going to be okay. I didn't know if she was going to be able to get married one day or yeah. have a career or do those things that people do to have a full, meaningful life. I didn't know if she was going to be okay. So I think... Now, did the doctor give you some steps to take at that point? At that point, um, I had to wait for an official written report okay. that had to be submitted to the Committee of Special Education through the school district. Okay. 
Um, and then the school district was um, where the next steps would be determined. Okay, so that it wasn't from the doctor. Now, what steps did you and your husband take when you get this diagnosis that your that that your daughter has uh, autism spectrum disorder? Well, I think the first thing, my husband was incredibly calm about the whole thing, and. Um, was really reassuring me that I could do this. For me, it was a lot of processing my nerves. I was very overwhelmed and just allowing myself to have that process, to ask those questions. Yeah, you to needed feel that time. Feelings. Again, I have to think by analogy, it's a little bit like bereavement. You have to it work yourself through it. Because yeah. it is at, the way that you picture your life going and your child's life going now has this monkey wrench thrown in it. Yeah. So now you're having to revisit the way that you do everything and you see everything. So I think that was the first step was just taking the time to process yeah. it. Okay. And then after that, it became about education. Um, it became about l- reading everything I could, talking to everyone I could talk to. Um, Pam Lee, who's an elder's wife in our church, is a speech pathologist. Okay, that was a big she help. was incredibly instrumental yeah. to me at that time, just really holding my hand through the whole process with the schools. Yeah, um, and yeah as you're going to emphasize a little bit later, that church community. It yes. is so important. Yeah. The, our church community was amazing. I know um, they were very accepting of my daughter and encouraging to me. And, you know, when she would call out in services and things yeah, like that, sure. nobody ever, nobody at our church was ever like, oh, she shouldn't do that or you should be yeah. disciplining her better. Or no one was ever judgmental that way. Yeah. Everyone went out of their way to really be understanding of us. Now, so, now, Christina, at what did you let the church people know about this rather soon so they could pray and yes, be aware? Um that would be the third the third step that I was going to get to in addition to educating ourselves. We work to educate everyone around oh, us. Good. Okay. Um our family members, our friends, anyone who is in constant contact with our daughter we were very open with about everything. Um, And I know a lot of people approach that differently. A lot of people like to keep it very private. For us, we felt that people knowing actually eliminated some of the judgment. Yeah, yeah. And it, it gave us a support network that we needed and it made What were their responses, Christina? Were they were people quizzical? Were people uh, did they ask you questions? Did they simply say they'd pray? What kind of responses did you get? I think on the whole, I have really only ever had positive responses other than from people who are strangers maybe witnessing a meltdown in the store who didn't know us I might get negative responses yeah. in that scenario but the people we knew were asked a lot of questions which I was always very happy to answer oh, okay. um and just looking to be an encouragement, and I think at our church in Bohemia, that is 
one of the most amazing characteristics of the people there. It's like a family, and they were very supportive, and my in-laws and my parents were very supportive and just tried to yeah, learn, sure. tried to learn and, and tried to back us up and never tried to undercut what we were yeah. trying to do with yeah. our daughter. They were just, we had, we have just a great supportive family yeah. and church family. Key, key word there, supportive. Mm-hmm. We're dealing with the, the, just really just introducing this this fascinating topic of, of autism and uh, not just so much what it is, but but uh, helps for uh, parents of children with autism and for the children themselves. And my guest is Christina Miller. Um, we're going to, we know the, the big questions you have are going to deal with uh, basically how do you look at this from a biblical perspective and practical helps. We're going to get to those. I do want to remind you again, you're welcome to call with your t- with your question, 631-955-5400. If you'd like to call in with your questions about autism and also if you'd like to text your questions, you're more comfortable with that, 516-367-0391. We'll be back with more on the subject of of autism, helping children and their parents after this message from the voice of a visit to the pastor's study. That great city, New York. Metropolitan New York is the largest city in the United States. And with a population of over 20 million people, Metro New York is one of the largest cities in the world. And what's more, Metro New York is home to people from every nation of the world. To reach Metro New York is to reach the world. But churches faithful to historic Reformation Christianity in the Metro New York area are few and far between. The mission fields of Metro New York are America's richest, and most neglected. Reformation Metro New York is an agency by which the Orthodox Presbyterian Church is planting and developing biblically faithful churches and church ministries in the Metro New York area. Through Reformation Metro New York, you can help promote the outreach of this program, a visit to the pastor's study, and other projects designed to further the ongoing reformation of the church. That and church planting are the great passions of Reformation Metro New York. For more information, Information, check out the website at ReformationMetroNY.org where you'll get a personal look at the ministries of the churches, pastors, evangelists, and teachers of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church in the area, and you'll learn how you can be a part of our labors. We need your help. Here's the site again, ReformationMetroNY.org. Thanks for your interest and your help. Remember that great city, New York. To reach Metro New York is to reach the world. Now back to today's edition of A Visit to the Pastor's Study. Pastor Bill Shishko here with you today, and our topic is autism, helping children and their parents. Um, My guest, Christina Miller, with uh, one daughter with... uh, uh, who has uh, is a child with autism and another with a, a sensory processing disorder. And uh, one of the things, Christina, as, as I've worked as a pastor over the years with people who have children with autism, is they don't really think through what this is from a biblical perspective. Um, you've done a lot of work on this. Um, talk with us about a biblical framework for understanding autism and and children with autism and parenting children with autism. Okay, so the thing that I've noticed um, and as I've dealt with a variety of different kinds of therapists um, with my daughter is that a lot of the principles that they're using are in the Bible already. The, The most effective strategies are 
supported in the Bible. Um, and so being able to make those connections is something that I've been really trying to do. Um, the first is the scripture that you read in the beginning, Proverbs 22.6, train up a child according to his own way. And I think that this is true for every child. But when you have a child with autism, it becomes especially true because you're dealing with a a problem that doesn't look the same in every child. And there's a mixture of just who the child is mixed in with the autism symptoms. So um, Pam Lee, who I mentioned earlier, uh, who's an elder's wife in our church, uses the term being a student of your child becoming oh, a student phrase. of your child. And, and I've just really adopted that at the core of everything I do with both of my children. And when you look at Proverbs 22.6, train up a child according to his own way. You want to become a student of your child. You want to learn how they think, uh, what are their challenges, what are their strengths, and then develop specific strategies for your children that will strengthen their weaknesses and develop their strengths. Yeah, excellent, excellent. You know, just if we just interject for a minute, um, because understanding Proverbs 22.6 was one of the uh, highlights of, of my years of pastoral ministry. A man that was in the church in Franklin Square that I pastored for many years was a Semitic scholar. And I was doing a series on parenting and asked him, what the right understanding of that Hebrew verse is, because it is somewhat difficult to to understand. There's ways you can understand it. He was the one who emphasized, and I'll never forget, very vivid Middle Eastern way of communicating it. Uh, the the word according to his way is a word we would get the word that it literally would mean according to the neck. And he said it's the way a mother bird feeds its little baby bird. Each one is done according to what that little baby bird is. It was a beautiful metaphor. And and I really, I'm, I'm so thankful you've latched onto that. that that's pivotal. Well, sure. I remember, I actually remember as a kid you preaching on this verse, and it stuck with me as I was going into Ah, uh, the power of pastoral ministry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, um... So, you know, so that, I think, is at the center of everything, just becoming a student of your child and learning your child's specific needs. Okay, good, good. So um, the next thing that is really important to me that I try to keep in mind is Ephesians 6, 4, where it says, And you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath. And there are so many subtle ways that parents unknowingly provoke their children to wrath. And I think that being a student of your child goes a long way in preventing you from provoking your child to wrath. Because if you really understand them and what they need, then you can set realistic expectations for your children. You can set achievable goals and standards for them. Um, You learn... So what are some ways you have, have worked not to promote to, to provoke um, both Felicia and Addie to wrath? I think that the, the biggest thing that I've had to learn to do is when I see a behavior that needs to be changed, whether it be a tantrum, a meltdown, an obsessive behavior, uh, whatever the behavior might be, I don't simply look at 
what the behavior is, I ask myself, why is this behavior happening? What is happening in this child's world right now that is invoking that behavior? If we're in a restaurant, um, my daughter, Felicia, has she's okay with it now. But for a long time, restaurants were a trigger for her because of the sensory processing. So Yeah, because there's so much. There's, there's so, so much. much right. right. So the things that a typical person's brain can dismiss, like the conversations of the other people around us and the radio playing and the clanging of the dishes and all the different smells of the food, our brain kind of filters that away. But her brain is overwhelmed by it. And the way that I relate to her is that moment when I'm in the car with my entire family and both of my children and my husband are all trying to talk to me at the exact same time and the radio is on and I just like at a certain point my brain just feels like it's going to explode and I just want to scream shut up (laughs) that's what's happening in that moment for my daughter all right so go you're identifying with so I identify with my daughter and I understand why the behavior is happening and then there are times where consequences are appropriate but then there are other times when this needs to be an issue that we deal with by teaching her sensory strategies or teaching her coping strategies and Um, so really looking at the why, why yeah. is the behavior as, as we happening? all need, as we all need to learn coping strategies. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Now we're just beginning to deal with Ephesians six, four, don't provoke your children to wrath. There's the other part, bringing them up in the child training and admonition of the Lord. I hope we're going to get to that, but we have a call from Paul. Paul, welcome to a visit to the pastor's study. Thank you. Uh, I have heard of parents with autistic kids that when they stop giving female foods in the diet, the kids get better, and I don't know if GMO foods is a cause or just aggravates it or or what it is, but have you heard anything about diet and GMO foods? Yes, so there is a school of thought that believes that um, autism is caused by invent- environmental causes such as diet. There is some scientific research that supports the the help of certain kinds of things in the diet to symptoms of autism, such as probiotics, um, omega-3 oils are said to help. And now we're getting into the HealthWise program that follows this one. (laughs) Um, However, as of now, the research really has only supported behavioral therapy as being helpful. That's not to say that diet can't help. There just isn't any evidence really supporting that. But autism is largely a mystery, and they're still really researching it and learning about it. We're dealing today on a visit to the pastor's study with the subject of autism, helping children and their parents. And my guest is the is the, the mother of one child with autism, and uh, another with a sensory processing disorder. And uh, Christina Miller has done more work than anybody else I know from a Christian perspective thinking these things through. We've got a lot more to cover. Let me just take a moment uh, to tell you a little bit about the churches that are uh, presenting this program as part of their outreach to you in the metropolitan New York area and then through Redeemer Broadcasting Network and elsewhere. 
Uh, these are Orthodox Presbyterian congregations in East Haddam, Connect, uh, East Haddam Connecticut, and, and that is Harvest, OPC, and then in Hamden, Connecticut, that's Westminster Orthodox Presbyterian Church, uh, the same denomination in Mount Vernon, New York, and then we have Reformation Presbyterian Church in Fresh Meadows, Queens, right here on Long Island, Orthodox Presbyterian congregations in Franklin Square, Trinity Church in Syosset, and another one that I know you're quite familiar with here, right here in Bohemia, right in the backyard of the broadcast area for WLIE Radio. And we'd invite you to come to those churches. We realize many of you are listening in areas where you don't have Orthodox Presbyterian congregations. Please, though, find a church that is faithful to the Word of God and that has a faithful pastoral ministry to you. They are both to be combined. If you're wrestling with that issue, uh, you can feel free to contact me at visitpastorbill at gmail.com. That's one word, visitpastorbill at gmail.com, and I'll be very, very glad to uh, to help you with, uh, with uh, finding a church in your area that's faithful to the Word of God. We have archives for a visit to the pastor's study, and you can check those out at Visit thepastorsstudy.org, all one word, visitthepastorsstudy.org. That's our official website. And you can also get those archives and podcasts of this program through sermonaudio.com. Just search for a visit to the pastor's study. And you could like us on Facebook as our following grows. We'd like you to be in that number of our regular followers. And we always value your questions, your comments, your suggestions. We just have a lot of fun bringing pastoral ministry to you via the radio and podcast. Call-in number for the program, 631-955-5400. If you'd like to text your question to Pastor Bill, 516-367-0391. Text questions, 516-367-0391. Christina, let's go back to now uh, uh, bringing a tra- not, not provoking your children to wrath, bringing them up, an environment of the, the child correction and the admonition of the Lord. What does that look like in your home? Well, I think when you're dealing with a child with a behavioral disability, like autism, you need to walk a very fine line and maintain a balance between understanding where your child is coming from and what is causing the behavior, but also not letting that be an excuse. Oh, that's packed. Well, what you just said in those three clauses—that's a whole. Sorry, that's a I whole. Pro- no, no, it's great. It's a whole program. Now you can uh, parse it out a little bit for us. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the child with autism does have greater challenges in learning social skills and appropriate behaviors, but that doesn't mean that they can't. Um, but it's really learning how how you're going to go about it. It's again, you're a student of your child. You understand how their brain works, what their triggers are, and you're always teaching them the next step. Try not to jump ahead to your final goal. Um, but what's the next step? Um, so you know, for my for my daughter, for example, there are so many examples. Um, but, you know, when it came to sensory meltdowns, we had to put yeah, a... Now, se- explain meltdown. You've used that several times. What, what, what so does a, a meltdown a look meltdown, like in your child? It, it looks like a tantrum, but it's coming from a place not of, I'm not getting my own way, so I'm going to have a tantrum to manipulate mom and dad. 
that's not where it's coming from. It's coming from a place where they are just so overwhelmed and their brain is so overwhelmed that they can't take it anymore. So this can look like there are different levels, but it can look like screaming, crying. Um, My daughter flaps her arms, um, sometimes crashes into walls, crashes her body into walls. Um, Yeah, so this isn't an act of disobedience. It's not. It's a cry for help. It is a cry for help, and that's, again, where you're looking at why. Why is this behavior happening? But then you're not saying, well, it's happening because she's overwhelmed, so it's okay, and everybody needs to just deal with this for their whole lives because she has autism. Instead, we're going to make interventions that address the why. So we taught, you know, we had sensory routines built in. We taught her coping strategies such as breathing exercises, taking space. We gave her explicit instruction in what appropriate ways of handling her in extreme emotions, what would be an appropriate way to handle it. And we taught her that. So... Yeah, which is exactly what child, it's part of the new, what child training, yeah, that's the word, right. bring them up in the training. Child, you're, you're taking them along as children that have a different condition. Right, and we use scripture for this as well. We will point to certain scriptures, you know, the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. And so I understand how you're feeling overwhelmed, and sometimes I get overwhelmed and I act inappropriately too, but the Bible does say that we need self-control. So let me help you learn how to have self-control. Excellent. That kind of thing. And, uh, well, Chris, the other side of it, child training and instruction of the Lord. What about your, your actual... Uh, daily classroom, so to speak, work with your daughters? So I build religious instruction into our daily routine, and I do it at night before they go to bed. I prepare them a half hour ahead of time, and we have a routine that we follow where we read from the children's Bible, um, we have a variety of different ones. Um, we've sometimes used different devotionals during that time to instruct them. We do our scripture memory. I've taught them the Apostles' Creed and just different things that I think are important. So the ability to memorize portion of scripture is still there even with children with autism. Um Probably actually more so than with typical people. Um, yeah, they... Tend to have um, like like a superpower. My daughter you mentioned has, those special abilities that many yeah, of them have. My sure. daughter uh, was last tested in second grade, and her memory is at an eleventh grade level. Well, yeah, interesting. So, That's a side of this we need to emphasize. There, there are yes, strengths. There that, are incredible strengths and gifts that come from having autism, and and I always say I wouldn't take it away from her. I wouldn't wish it away from her. It's just a matter of learning to manage it, just like you would have to manage any child's strengths and weaknesses. And and just to clarify, now your daughters are in the public school system? Yes. But you supplement things and obviously make use of the resources that are available. Yes. We um, we work really hard at 
fostering social relationships within the church for our okay. our, our kids and having play dates and things like that so they have friends in the church and we're involved in the church and like I said I I build I build it into our routine yeah. in different ways because I find if I don't organize it, it doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah I think we're going to get to that organizational yeah. matter. And we have a call from Tyler in Mastic Beach. Hey, Tyler, welcome to a visit to the pastor's study. Hi, how are you? Fine, thanks. What's up? Good. I have a quick question for you guys. Uh, I, I noticed you were talking about the subject of uh, autism. And uh, I actually used to, um, in high school, I had a... Uh, a, a, a coach who had a son who had autism, and we used to do a wrestling tournament every year called uh, for Autism Speaks. I wasn't actually really uh, too familiar with autism. I know that I don't know if it's a neurological uh, disability or whatever. Maybe you could just uh, elaborate more on it. I'm just kind of unfamiliar yeah. with it. Yeah, good question. Okay, so it's a neurodevelopmental disability, which is a big word, but basically their brains and general nervous systems work differently from ours. Uh, so it looks different in every kid, every kid, and it's a spectrum. My daughter is on the high-functioning end of the spectrum. She's actually in a regular class with regular kids, um, and then it can go all the way to where they're completely nonverbal. Um, so the deficits vary. Um, but m the main thing, it affects the way they process sensory stimuli, which is the information our brains take in through our five senses, our sight, smell, taste, touch. So they can have extreme reactions. My daughter has like a strong sense of smell. And so if something smells bad, she's like horrified by it. Where mm. like, and I'll be like, I don't smell anything, Felicia. Um, and it affects them socially. Sometimes they d seem to not really want to even have social relationships at all. And sometimes it's just a matter of the way that they navigate the social situations, that they have trouble sort of understanding sarcasm. They take things very literally. They have trouble reading a room, so to speak. Fascinating. Yeah, as we were actually talking about before the program, while we talk about a, a neurodevelopmental condition, uh, because we are body and soul and, and fearfully and wonderfully made, and there's this uh, these connections that we have between the emotional, the physical, the mental, and so on, this really is very, very complex. It's very complex. Yeah. And, and what I appreciate is that you really are working to think this through, not from a, a materialist, a material way, that it's just a matter of, of, of chemical issues in the brain, but you're holistically is the word. You need to look at yeah. it from every way yeah. because I think anything that affects the nervous system really affects you in a holistic exactly, way. Exactly, exactly. So, a lot of it is which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Is it the, the neurological right. problem creating response or response you know that but but you're you're and, working with that and well yeah and you know it's it's a lot about um learning to to trust your gut a lot of it <laughs> as a well, parent good. well god created the gut too so <laughs> yeah christine you've mentioned uh of course you're a presbyterian and we're brought up to to know that you do everything decently and in order but i think that's ingrained in us as human beings I mean, organization's important in, in all parenting, but I, I would imagine it's really important 
in uh, parenting children with autism? Yes. Winging it is not an option um, when you have a child with autism. It's just absolutely not an an option. I mean, um, I took you through our apartment. We have schedules for everything. Which, incidentally, when you do your blog, you need to get some pictures of of this modern version of romper room for (laughs) children with autism because on each wall you have these magnificent lessons about in themselves about what to do but i don't want to steal your thunder no not at all um no you know every day of the week after school looks a little different whether it's a dance day when they go to dance or is it a shower night on wednesdays felicia makes dinner so each afternoon has its own posted schedule, right. so she can. And that's follow important it. to let them know what's coming. Otherwise, it's sensory yeah, overload. Important because if they, because of the sensory overload, they are in this sort of constant state of walking on eggshells and being nervous about what's going to happen yeah. next. So it's they become very controlling and often develop almost obsessive compulsive. Um, strategies and they like to have orders and patterns to everything Um, at least my daughter does for sure Um, for example if she's drawing a picture of the sky and the grass she's not just going to draw the sky blue and color the grass green she's going to color it whatever comes next in her color order Interesting. So if pink is next in her color order, the grass will be pink. <laughs> <That's> um, <laughs> so because of that, it's really important to, if something's going to change, sit them down, have a conversation about it. Even having schedules written on dry erase boards so you can like erase the one thing that's changing and they have a visual to see that everything else is still staying yeah. the same. Yeah, that was that fascinating the way you did that. Christina, l- l- let me... What what signs of spiritual development or evidences of spiritual development do you see in your daughters as you work with them with this? I, I don't, as I told you, I don't like the word disorder, but the conditions mm-hmm. you're working with them. How, how does how does the grace of God in Christ show itself in your daughters? I think that actually in having having to deal with a challenge that the challenges that autism place on my, on their everyday lives and you know I really emphasize Felicia because she has so many challenges Um, we've worked with her from a very young age at understanding that she's not perfect and it's okay and that it's in fact the whole point of being a Christian is that we're not perfect and we need Jesus to make us perfect and you know, and just understanding that, yes, your autism gives you certain challenges and it also gives you certain strengths and you're also more than your autism and God made you this person and he has a plan for you. And as my daughter gets older, she's, um, Felicia is what we call twice exceptional because she has a genius level IQ as well as the autism. So she's able to understand concepts at such a level that's beyond her years and you know and I'll see her as she sees her father and I struggle she'll counsel us and be like it's okay that you made a mistake and she's just so gracious and forgiving Uh and um, able to 
view her weaknesses for what they are. They're just their weaknesses, and I need Jesus just like yeah. everybody needs yeah. Jesus. Isn't it interesting that, that Jesus says unless you're converted and become as a little child, and he doesn't put any provisos, you know, except for a child with autism, you become as a little child, you can't enter the kingdom. Isn't it fascinating that you're learning lessons about simple faith from your children that are lessons we need to learn as adults? You know, I, th- I think we kind of segued into this. Um, give some encouragements for parents with uh, children with autism, and I'm just going to simply say related conditions. Um, I would say that God's promises are to you and your children. And so if you raise them according to their own way, like we've been talking about, they will not depart from it. And I would also say that God has designed your child and their brain and their body the way that it is for a reason that they serve a special purpose in God's kingdom and that his plans for them are good and he will give them a hope and a future. And I think that when you have a child with autism or any kind of special needs, you're always thinking about their future. And to just know that underneath it all are the everlasting arms and that God will give your child a future. Um, Again, no conditions so on that. Isn't it interesting? We condition no. everything. God doesn't do that. No, yeah. and I think that even as Christians, I think in our human nature, our tendency is to is to find conditions, but they're not yeah. there. Free grace, <laughs> right? What you show with your child. And sure. one more thing, um, well, two more things that I would want to say. Your child is not their autism that's not who they are don't identify them by that it's part of who they are and it's good to be honest with them about it and explain it to them but it's not all that they are my daughter is an incredible artist she's a graceful dancer she is a kind person um she loves animals she's brilliant there's so many other pieces to that puzzle and don't get hung up on the label use the label to get them whatever they need but don't get hung up on it and don't define them by it and even that distinction that you helped me with it's not autistic children it's children with autism yes yeah in the same way you have you have children adults with weaknesses in other areas as well that's right they're really no different than anybody else this is just their unique set of strengths and weaknesses and we all have strengths and weaknesses and finally god will give you strength that you never knew was possible i'm getting a little emotional i can understand um but Yeah. yeah you're You'll have strength to do whatever it is that you have to do. Yeah, according to as your days are, so your strength shall be, regardless of circumstances. You've got a blog coming down the pike, don't you? Uh, yes. <laughs> with, every, um, with everything else you've got to do. With everything else. Well, my, my youngest is starting kindergarten in the fall, so um, I, I am going to be starting a blog. It's called Nurturing Mindfully. I, I have started it. It won't be going live until this summer. Let's tell, them again, tell them the title again Nurt- so it doesn't get lost. Nurturing Mindfully. Um, okay. And on, on the blog, I'll be addressing parenting issues, both general parenting issues as well as parenting children with um, autism and other spectrum disorders. 
Um, so you don't have to have a child with autism to find something useful on there. Um, so it's Nurturing Mindfully will be the blog, and I'm hoping to get it live by the summer. If you're interested in being added to the mailing list, you can email me at nurturingmindfully at gmail.com. Yeah, it's all one word, nurturingmindfully nurturing at gmail.com. We, we I think you've already mentioned them, but in the few seconds you've got left, give the main encouragement that you want uh, parents of children with autism to have. Pick the top one. The top one yeah. is that God will give you the strength to do what you ah. have to do. Wow. that's Well, you can't beat that. Isn't that wonderful? Wow, what a fascinating uh, introduction to the subject of uh, dealing with uh, children with autism, help for parents, help for children. But we've come to the end of another visit to the pastor's study. Hey, Christina, my thanks to you. I'm going to repeat your email address so people can get on the address for the blog that's coming down the way, nurturingmindfully at gmail.com. One word, nurturingmindfully at gmail.com. We would appreciate your feedback uh, on this program or also any of your questions. You can email me at visitpastorbill at gmail.com, visitpastorbill at gmail.com. We love your questions, love your comments, and uh, any questions that you send in, uh, these are things that we can pass on to people who have been on the program in the past or others. This is kind of an all-purpose way you can communicate with a pastor with your questions about pastoral ministry. Likewise, I hope that you will jot down the text number for your questions anytime during the week that you'd like to send in, and that text number to Pastor Bill, 516-367-0391. Remember, tomorrow is the Lord's Day, at least if you're listening to the program now or by the simulcast through Redeemer. Uh, be sure to set apart time to worship the Lord in a church that is faithful to the Word of God. God has ordained that His people be parts of faithful local churches uh, that open up the Word of God, that teach it, that apply it, where worship is regulated by the Word of God, where there are people that are being formed, not only by the Word written, by the Lord Jesus Christ, or the Word made flesh. Remember, remember, don't ever forget that everyone needs a pastor. Let's pray. Our Father, we're reminded that we are fallen people in a fallen world. We're also reminded of your greatness and of your goodness and that you make no mistakes. And now we pray especially for parents of children with autism and related disorders. Grant them the grace and the strength to raise their children faithfully. To the glory of Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to A Visit to the Pastor's Study, a ministry of Reformation Metro New York. Our website is www.reformationmetrony.org. Again, that's www.reformationmetrony.org. For more information on the program, check out our website at www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. That's www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. Listen in next week at 12 noon for another edition of... A visit to the pastor's study. Remember, everyone needs a pastor.